Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. By means of introduction, as you come to the book of Philippians, if you want to understand this book properly, you've got to dig into the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is an action-packed, jam-packed, power-packed book that lays out the details of the early church, how God was at work in the people's lives, specifically Peter and many of the others in the Apostle Paul. And we read about how Paul had a great transformation, how he was once named Saul and a persecutor of the church and then became the great proclaimer of the church. And he's writing this letter to the church of Philippi. And I want you to know this, that when you begin to study this book, you need to understand the details of Paul's missionary journeys. I'm sure if you've studied the Bible, you know that Paul went on three missionary journeys. On the second missionary journey, we find Acts chapter 16, and Paul lands in this city called Philippi. Say Philippi with me. Philippi. Say it again. Philippi. I know it's a, not the coolest name in the world, but, but that was the name that they gave this city. And in this city, there was a lady by the name of Lydia and a, a, a jailer who oversaw the prisoners in jail. And you know that Paul was preaching the gospel. Him and Silas were in Philippi and there they didn't like what was being said. So they threw them in jail and they were praying and praising God at midnight. And then an earthquake took place and the jail doors busted open and the jailer began to get afraid. And then they come in and share the gospel with him and he gets saved and his house gets saved and they all get baptized. And we believe out of Lydia and that man's house, a church was started in the city of Philippi. And as Paul's writing this letter, of course, we know about uh, some of the verses in this chapter. In chapter number four, we, we often read that verse, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And God can give us strength no matter what we're going through. God can help us through our trials, through our tribulations and on top of the mountains. We read about in, earlier in verse number four of chapter four, where it says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I believe that Christ Christians should be the most joyful people on the earth. But sometimes we are so full of the sour apple and bitterness that the world can't tell we're Christians. We often go also to verse number 19 where it talks about how God can supply our very needs. Not just physical needs, but our mental needs and spiritual needs. God is our provider. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? In chapter number 2 we read about that heavenly hymn. We sing a lot of hymns around here, a lot of songs that glorify God. And this is the heavenly hymn in Philippians chapter 2 where it talks about, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. God Almighty wrapped in humanity is Jesus Christ. Verse number 8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And at the cross, at the cross is where we first saw the light. And God can transform us through the message found on the cross. And the Bible says, Because God the Son 
was uh, humbled himself and became obedient to the will of God the Father. The Bible says that God the Father highly exalted him and has given this guy's name, the name of Jesus, a name that is greater than every name in this world. Greater than any president, greater than any king, greater than any ruler, greater than any celebrity or anybody else in the world, the name of Jesus stands supreme than my name and your name and all of us combined. And the Bible says that at that name, the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. And at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. I like what Paul said to the church of Rome. He said that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, the Bible says thou shalt be saved. So how does a person get saved? How does a person go to heaven? Well, by believing that Jesus Christ was exactly who he said he was and putting their faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross. And our choices are twofold. Number one, we confess Jesus is Lord now or we confess Jesus is Lord in eternity when it's too late. We read in, in Philippians chapter number one where it talks about how for, for us to live is Christ. So on this, in this life, I know that sometimes we have ups and downs in this life, but, but in this life we have a great opportunity to live for Jesus Christ. And then the Bible says to die is gain. And so as a child of God, we don't have to fear death. As a child of God, we don't have to be afraid to die because we know that when we kick the bucket, as they say, and we get to stand with God and meet with Him for all eternity and worship the name of Jesus Christ. So today, I want you to draw your attention to two verses found in this chapter of chapter 4. This little book about joy. We read in verses 6 and 7, a thanksgiving prayer. Today, if you walk away with anything, I want you to walk away with this key thought. I am thankful that God answers prayer. I am thankful that God answers prayer. This verse, along with many verses in the New Testament, reveal to us that we have a great privilege at our hand. And that is we have a great opportunity at our doorstep to go to God about anything. Today I want to draw your attention to verse number 6. The very first phrase is, be careful for nothing. Would you say that with me? Be careful for nothing. This phrase gives the idea of not being anxious about anything. Don't be anxious. So I wrote down, in fact, I, I asked myself this question. As I was reading this passage of Scripture, I said, what prayers of thanksgiving can we pray? I know this is the month of gratitude. And so what kind of prayers can we pray about thanksgiving? And so I wrote down three thanksgiving prayers I want to relate to you. That is, if you're having trouble praying to God this month and, and about thanking Him, here's what I wrote down. I wrote down this, God... I am thankful that I can bring all of my burdens to you. God, I am thankful that I can bring all of my burdens to you. You ever try to talk to somebody about your burdens? And you could tell they weren't listening. <laughs> Have you uh, ever had somebody come to talk to you about your burdens and you put the earplugs in and just nodded your head and said, Oh yeah, wow, oh, God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. Well, we do that so many times, but I'm so thankful today that when we go to God in prayer, He doesn't close His ears to our prayers. He listens carefully to all the details because He cares for you and cares for me. You know... Some of the songs that we sing in here are not very new. Some of them are, are they, got a, they, got, they got some age on them. 
And today, I, I want to draw your attention to a song. And if you would, grab your hymnals there and turn to 630. We sing this song a lot around here. But sometimes we don't fully understand the words to these songs until we hear about the songwriter's life and what they went through when they wrote it. 630. So just hold that there in your place. And I found an article online about the history of what a friend we have in Jesus. And if you haven't heard it before, here, here, here it is. The story goes, that looks like a sober man. I think I'll hire him to cut wood for me. That was said of a man on the streets of Lake Rice, Canada, as he walked along carrying a wood saw and a sawhorse. The response from a man nearby was, that's Joseph Scriven. He wouldn't cut wood for you because you can afford to hire him. He only cuts wood for those who don't have money enough to pay. That seemed to be the philosophy and attitude of Scriven, a devoted member of the Plymouth Brethren Church. He had a sincere desire to help those who were truly destitute. Joseph was born on September the 10th, 1819 in Ireland. His parents had financial means enough to afford a wonderful educational opportunity for their son. He was enrolled in Trinity College in Dublin where he graduated with a bachelor's degree. In this young man, Ireland had the prospect of a great citizen with high ideals and notable aspirations. He fell in love with a young lady who is eager to spend her life with him. However, on the day before their wedding, she fell from a horse while crossing a bridge over the river band and was drowned in the water below. Joseph stood helplessly watching from the other side. In an effort to overcome his sorrow, he began to travel. By age 25, his travels had taken him to an area near Port Hope, Canada. He became highly regarded by the people of that area. He tutored some of the local children in their schoolwork. It was there he met a wonderful young lady, Alyssa. And he fell in love again. They had exciting plans to be married. However, tragedy reared its ugly head once again. And she died of pneumonia before they could wed. As indicated earlier, in this story, he labored in Port Hope among the impoverished widows and sick people. He often served for no wages and even shared his clothes with those less fortunate than himself. On occasion, when Joseph became ill, a friend who was visiting with him discovered a poem near his bed and asked who had written it. Scriven said, the Lord and I did it between us. He thought the poem would perhaps bring some spiritual comfort to his mom, who still lived in Ireland. Scriven had not intended that anyone else should see it. And the poem that Scriven writ, writ, wrote down was this. Would you follow along with me? It says, What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. 
my fellow brothers and sisters, today I bring all that up just to say this, that no matter what you're going through, you can take your burden to God in prayer. I know that this is a time of year of Thanksgiving where people, people experience a great higher level of anxiety than other times of the year because hey, it's getting darker. It's getting dark at 430 for heaven's sake. I mean, who, who thought about that time change? They ought to be sued. Come on now. That'll preach. <laughs> but, and then sometimes people experience loneliness. And, and perhaps you could be in a room filled with so many people and you still feel all alone. Today, I want you to know this, that whether you're experiencing death of a loved one like the man who wrote, what a friend we have in Jesus or whatever, you can take that burden to God in prayer. And today, I am so thankful that, that, hey, we all have baggage that we're carrying. And I'm thankful that God accepts every ounce of that baggage. And we can bring it and lay it before him. And Psalm 55 verse 22 says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain you. Yes, you can, you can bring your, your, your burdens to, to a guy like me or, or to some other brother or sister or, or, or anybody else. And, and sometimes yeah, we'll try to carry it, but sometimes, man, it gets heavy and it's hard to carry. But I want you to know this, that the, the omnipotent God of the universe, the all-powerful God who spoke the world into existence and gave you life, is able to carry every burden that you have carried, every burden that you are carrying, and every burden that you ever will carry. Period. He has the ability to do it. I am thankful that God answers prayer. Are you thankful that God answers prayer today, church? This is a prayer of thanksgiving. God, I am thankful that I can bring all of my burdens to you. That's prayer number one. May I share with you prayer number two? I wrote down this. God, I am thankful that I can talk about everything with you. God, I am thankful that I can talk about everything with you. The verse goes on in verse number six. It says, be careful for nothing. But then the next part, it says this. But in everything. Would you say everything with me? Everything. Say it again, please. Everything. And one more time. Everything. So it doesn't say in some things. It doesn't say in most things. It says in everything. And today, church, it's very simple. It doesn't matter what it is. You can talk to God about it. And notice this, that in order to pray, it doesn't mean that you got to come down here at the altar and kneel down and just start praying. Actually, you can pray to God when you're brushing your teeth of all times during the day. You could pray to God then. You could pray to God when you're driving down the road in your car. You don't have to come up here. And if you want to come up here, that's fine. That's awesome. I'll pray with you. But you can pray to God at any moment in your day. Doesn't have to be at 4:30 a.m. or 12:30 p.m. or 11 p.m. at night, right before you go to bed. I believe that we should go to God. We should live a lifestyle of prayer. That's what Paul said. He said, "Pray without ceasing." In other words, at all times and at every moment, let's let's have an attitude of prayer. God, I am thankful that I can talk about everything with you. Now, it's very interesting. This word it says, "But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving." So here's this idea of thanksgiving, being thankful. Many of you might remember when Pastor English, whenever he would pray, when he was pastoring here and even at times afterward, he would always end his prayer in Christ's name and with thanksgiving. And then he would close his prayer. And every time he would pray that, I'd be reminded of the importance of this verse and how we are called by God to pray with thanksgiving. You know, the word prayer right here, is found in, in, in other places in the New Testament, this same word. 
And it's very interesting. This same word prayer is also found in the gospel according to Mark. And the disciples, they, they were trying to cast out a demonic spirit. And, and they couldn't do it. And the Bible says that they came to Jesus and Jesus said that this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. And so there's certain levels of prayer that if we really want to get in tune with God, we've got to pray and we've got to fast. And I know that we're coming up on Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving Day is not a day of fasting. Thankful for that. It's a day of feasting. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and we're all going to feast. But it's the same word that's used right here in verse 6 of Philippians in Mark chapter 9 and verse number 29. Then in Luke chapter number uh, 19 and verse 46, the Bible says, in fact, Jesus said this. He was a little flabbergasted when he walked into the temple. And they were using the place that was a, a place of worship to a place to stuff their pockets full of money. Now, I'm not talking about raising money with a yard sale for missions or, or a building fund. I'm talking about how they use the place of worship as a means to stuff their own pockets full of money. And he walks in, he flips the money changers over, and he says, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it into a den of thieves. The same word right here is used in Luke 19, verse 46. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, uh, the same word for prayer is in the same context of as a husband and wife should not defraud themselves sexually, except it be for a time of prayer and fasting. The same exact word is there. The same word is used in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, with the armor of God. The same word is used in Colossians chapter 4, where it says continuing in prayer. The same word is used in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2 about a soldier that you and me in our prayer, and then I like James chapter 5 and verse 17. It talks about Elijah, and Brother Joel mentioned it a few moments ago in Sunday school. How Elijah was a man subject with like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain for a space of three years and six months. And it did not rain, and he prayed again, and he asked God to send the rain, and then it rained. This word earnestly, it literally means to, to pray with sincere, intense, Serious conviction. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. May I ask you something today? May I ask you all this question? How's our prayer life? Is it full of gratitude? Are we going to God each day, talking to Him about everything? Talking to Him just about the small details? Lifting up your son, lifting up your daughter, Lifting up your brother, lifting up your sister, lifting up your granddaughter, your grandson, or your parents, or whoever. Are we lifting up other people to God in prayer? I'm afraid what happens too much is we sit around that coffee table, or we sit around that lunch table, and we chit-chat and we talk more about people than we do talking to God about people. <laughs> I remember the first time I, I saw my name used in an inappropriate way. <laughs> I was so naive as a young preacher thinking that everybody would just love me. But I know that that's not always going to happen. But I'm thankful today that God wants us to bring everything to Him in prayer. And speaking of gossip, I know I've said it before, but if, but if people will gossip to you about other people, they will gossip to other people about you. 
And so instead of gossiping and, and just tearing each other down at a coffee table or at the lunch table, hey, let's just like pause and let's say, hey, let's pray for brother so-and-so. At that moment, let's lift that person's name up to God instead of maybe, maybe somebody made a, a bad decision in their life. I mean, who hasn't, right? We're all guilty. Instead of maybe tearing them down and just ripping their face, why don't we just get on our knees and say, God, why don't you shed your grace and mercy upon brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so and intervene on their behalf and make your presence known to them. Let's take everything to God in prayer. Let's take our burdens to God in prayer. How can we pray to God in a thanksgiving manner? Well, first of all, the per first prayer is, God, I am thankful that I can bring all of my burdens to you. Second prayer is, God, I am thankful that I can talk about everything with you. But now I wrote down thirdly. The third prayer is this. God, I am thankful I can bring every request before you. God, I am thankful that I can bring every request before you. The Bible says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Check it out now. Let your requests be made known unto God. This word request, say request with me. Request, say it one more time, please. Request. It gives the idea, may I take you back to high school? And when you're in high school, maybe, maybe somebody had, had a petition that they were trying to get all the students to sign. Hey, um, Mr. Principal, will you let us have the day off on Monday, whatever the day is? And they got everybody in the school system to sign their name there. You think he would have answered or she would have answered that? Well, probably not. But anyways, just as we have a petition and we sign the petition, or if we go back in the days of the Old Testament where they had a king you know you couldn't just march into the palace and just demand something from a king you would have to bring a petition and you'd have to have a group of people sign that petition and you'd have to make that request to the king and today this word request it literally means that when we go to God in prayer we are literally marching in to the heavenly courtroom where the king of kings is and the lord of lords and we're asking God to intervene on our request and our petition Are you making your requests main known? Notice what it does not say. It does not say, and I'm thankful for this, it does not say, let your requests be made known unto Pastor Brian. <laughs> it does not say that. Or it doesn't say Pastor Andrews or Pastor Dave or any other pastors we have, or Pastor Riggs, any of the others. It doesn't say that. It says, let our requests be made known to God. Now, we're all happy to pray with you and for you on, on certain things, but I want you to know that that when, when we go to God in prayer, we can go to Him and lay that request at His feet. May I show you three verses? The first one I'm going to show you is from Hebrews. So if you've you got your Bibles, turn over there to Hebrews. Just take a right and turn over to Hebrews chapter 4. The book of Hebrews is a fascinating and amazing book. 13 chapters of just really the Old Testament summarized in the New Testament. So if you are intimidated by the Old Testament and you want to dig in and understand more about the Old Testament from a New Testament perspective, all you got to do is read the book of Hebrews. And in Hebrews chapter 4, we, we read about prayer. And we read about boldly praying to God. And look at verse number 14. It says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. That is, mercy is receiving something we do not deserve. We all deserve death, hell, and the grave. 
We deserve total separation from God in eternity. And God in his mercy and his love has given us eternal life through Jesus Christ. And because of that, we can find grace to help in our time of need. I wrote down this. Bring your requests boldly to God. Just as somebody in the Old Testament would march into the king in, in Jerusalem, maybe King David or some of the other kings, and they would bring their requests and they would march in with great boldness and great courage like Esther did in the days of the kingdom that she was in, the Gentile nation, when they were trying to persecute and annihilate the Jewish race. And so she marches in with great boldness and courage and says, if I perish, I perish. Perhaps we could just go to God with this, the similar courage and boldness and just go to God and, and asking Him, God, help me in this area. God, I need your divine aid. God, I need your assistance. He can help us. You know, I've learned in my life that if I just let God handle it, it just turns out a whole lot better. So let's do that today. For the rest of this year and for the rest of our life, let's let God handle out everything. And let's bring our requests boldly. You know, I believe in praying big and bold prayers. Of course, in the name of Jesus and in His will. But I believe in, and when we have these children up here, I believe in praying that God would raise up some of these young men and ladies to take the good news of the gospel all over the world. Wouldn't that be great if God would raise up another soldier like the Reverend Billy Graham from within our young people right here, just these children that many of you are raising? Wouldn't that be awesome? Let's pray big prayers in these kids' lives that God would use them in a great and mighty way. Listen, I'm thankful that there was somebody in my life praying over me and asking God to divinely use me. And I'm glad that if God can use just a little old boy from Boone's Mill, Virginia, he can use anybody. And God wants to use you too. May I share with you another verse? John's Gospel. John chapter 14. Of course, in John 14, we read about how Jesus is the only way. And then no man can come to the Father but through Him. But as Jesus is speaking, elaborating on that, in John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. John 14, verses 13 and 14. He says this, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. A couple things about this passage, but I wrote down this, first of all. Bring your requests specifically to God. Not just boldly, but specifically. God wants us to get very specific in our prayers. Instead of saying, God, bless our church, let's say, hey, God, bless our church in this specific manner. God bless my family. Instead of saying that, say, God bless my family in this specific manner. Just fill in the blank. But this phrase, in my name, it literally means in accordance to the will of God. Yes, I believe in praying in faith. Yes. But we need to understand that sometimes our prayers are not always going to be a yes prayer. But God is going to sometimes say no. So we have to, when we go to God in prayer, we need to understand that, that we need to pray in His name and accordance to His will. And check it out now, that, 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 that the Father might be glorified in the Son. And check it out now, listen to this. There's some people that have you ever prayed along with them and pray and just been in their presence. And when they pray, it's as if, man, heaven was moved and the prayer just got answered. And then you have some people that pray just like hits hitting the ceiling and then comes down and hits you right back in the face. Well, 
I want you to know this, that when God answers your prayer, it's not that because you're some great, amazing prayer warrior. It's not that you're just in so, you're such in great tune with God that he has a hand of special anointing and blessing in your life. It's not necessarily because of that. It's because that through your prayers, Jesus Christ is going to be glorified. Anything. Let's bring our request to him and let's bring it specifically. So, hey, a prayer for our church is, hey, God, provide the specific amount of money that we need for a new facility. God, provide the laborers for our children and youth ministries. God, provide the laborers for our choir ministry. God, provide the laborers in this area and that area. I also want to show you another passage, Matthew 21. Verses 21 and 22. Matthew 21, verses 21 and 22. Jesus just came out of the city, of a different city into Bethany. And he was lodging there. And the Bible says that the disciples came to him over this fig tree. And Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things... Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Here's what I wrote down. Bring your requests expectantly to God. Expect God is going to answer your prayer. I, I like what one preacher said. He said this, pray, believe, and receive. Or pray and doubt and do without. <laughs> Sometimes when we go to God in prayer, I know we, 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 God commands us in the Gospel of John and in the First John and other places in the New Testament to pray in accordance to God's will. I know that. I believe that. And we do that. But sometimes I believe that when we're praying in faith, we tack on in accordance to God's will as a lack of faith. So today I want you to know this, that when we pray our prayers, we need to pray in faith that God is going to answer them. Whether it's a yes or a no, we know that God is going to respond. God, I am thankful that I can bring every request before you. God, I am thankful I can talk about everything with you. God, I am thankful I can bring all of my burdens to you. May I share with you a concluding thought? Go back to Philippians chapter 4. We read the verse. We've looked at verse number 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. But then verse number 7 is lodged right after this verse. And the Bible says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Here's what I wrote down. When we pray to God, He alone gives us peace of mind. When we pray to God, He alone gives us peace of mind. Have you ever been just so, so full uh, in your mind 
that, that you just thought your mind was just going to explode like an atomic bomb. You ever been so stressed out? Well, I'll tell you what, come and do my job for a week and you'll figure out what it means to be stressed out sometimes. There, I know there's sometimes that, that, that I get so stressed just about all the burdens that, 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 that are associated with, with my life and all of our lives and in our church. And, and sometimes I just got to go somewhere and I just got to scream at the, at the top of my lungs and then I'm okay. <laughs> but I want you to know this, that, that when we take these burdens to God in prayer, when we take these requests, when we talk to him about everything, he gives us peace of mind. He gives you peace of mind more than any medication could ever give you. Not belittling medication. Don't misunderstand me. But God is a miracle working God. And yes, he can heal physically. Yes, he can heal spiritually. But I'm telling you, he can also heal mentally. Are you thankful that God answers prayer? Maybe this afternoon we just need a pause after service. Just find a place somewhere, whether it's on top of Roanoke Mountain or Mill Mountain or somewhere, and just tell God, thank you for answering prayer. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith, 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.